Welcome to Hidden Gems, a special series of the 3 and 30 podcast. I'm Rachel, and I often talk about uncovering the magic and finding the flecks of gold in our motherhood. Well, our library of almost 300 podcast episodes is a treasure trove of information and inspiration, but it might feel intimidating to sort through it all and find the hidden gem that you need right now within your mothering journey. So as part of this new series, each Thursday in April and May, I uncovered a hidden gem from our podcast archives for you. This is actually our last Hidden Gym episode before we take a break from doing these for the summer, but I've really enjoyed this series, and I think we'll bring it back in the fall if you enjoyed it too. Leave a review for the show in your podcast app, and let me know if you want me to continue airing these quick midweek nuggets of wisdom. Before we head into summer break, I knew I wanted to air an incredibly important takeaway from episode 187 about keeping your kids safe around water. This is actually the third year in a row that we have aired this episode because this information is that important for parents, and a pediatrician who listens to the show asked us to air it every year in order to keep more kids safe. By way of background, in 2018, our guest, Nicole Hughes, went through the unthinkable heartache of losing a child to drowning. She has spent the years since honoring her son's life by pouring herself into learning about water safety and improving education for parents and medical providers to keep more kids safe around water. For today's Hidden Gem, you'll learn a bit more of Nicole's story of loss, and you'll hear her plea to parents to understand how drowning actually happens depending on your children's age and where you live in the country. Before we jump into this heartfelt and essential takeaway, let's hear from this episode's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Prep Dish, a meal planning service to set you up for a successful week of recipes that fit your family, complete with a shopping list. After the longest winter in history, spring has finally arrived in Idaho. All we want to do is play outside, and it's getting harder and harder to come up with recipes I feel excited about putting together for my family. This is why I'm so grateful for Prep Dish. The genius idea behind this service is that you can spend one hour prepping your food at the beginning of the week and have five dinners ready to put together in record time on busy nights. There's lots of plans to choose from, and all you have to do is grab their list and go to the store, or even better, place a grocery pickup order, and then spend an hour or two prepping the ingredients while listening to your favorite audiobook or podcast. If you want to serve healthy homemade meals without the stress, Prep Dish is offering 3 and 30 listeners a free two-week trial. Check out prepdish.com slash 3 and 30 for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish, P-R-E-P-D-I-S-H dot com slash 3 and 30 for your first two weeks free. Let me know how you like it. Without further ado, here's this week's hidden gem from Nicole Hughes. I want to start by saying up front that this episode is incredibly important, possibly even life-saving, but it is also based around a truly devastating story of loss, and I want to give a trigger warning to anyone who has lost a child or who may not be in an emotional place right now to hear about a mother's heartbreak. Don't worry, there is also a lot of hope and resilience and tools in this episode, but I wanted to make sure that you weren't caught off guard by the emotional aspects of the story. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on to 3 and 30 today. Oh, I'm so grateful. I listened to all of your podcasts and this one just feels sort of like an extra special way to, to get this message out. So thank you. Well, you came onto my radar back when Levi passed away. I think it was, you know, on the national news or something and my heart just went out to you from a mother to a mother, just the unimaginable pain that that must be to lose a child. And watching you these last few years 
kind of channel that pain into passion and advocacy and education for parents and really wanting to prevent this kind of loss for other parents and make other children more safe has been so powerful. I'm so grateful for your work. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. You know, honestly, I think it takes courage for a mom to willing to be open-minded to hearing this seriously. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate that you didn't run away from it. And and from the beginning, just, just really listened. And so thank you. And I, I do hope, you know, there's so many things we worry about as parents, millions of things we worry about as parents, right? And so this isn't about fear mongering. It isn't about saying you should worry more about water. It's saying, here's what you should worry about within water. Mm. And here's what you can do about it. Instead of it just being this terrifying thing that's sort of always looming over you, well, let's take the statistics and look at those and really break down the key steps that you can take to keep your kids safe. Yeah. And I will say that something that struck me when I read through your outline is just that we as parents worry about so many things, but the statistics actually really show that drowning, is it the most common cause of death or it's one of them? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So actually this is sort of perfect for my first takeaway. My first takeaway, number one, understand how drowning actually happens. Mm. The stigma around drowning that it's happening to neglectful parents who aren't watching their kids when they're swimming is really the greatest threat to drowning prevention efforts is that stigma because it is, it is really completely unfounded. And uh, with Levi, for example, he was our third child. The Sunday, June 10th, 2018, we were on a beach trip with our friends. This was our seventh year in the same house. And we spent that entire day in the pool or, or in the ocean. And Levi was wearing a puddle jumper in a life jacket, you have 16 pictures of his final day of life. And in 14, he is wearing a puddle jumper or a life jacket. We took water mm-hmm. safety seriously. We were not neglectful parents. There's so much to this story, but we were on a vacation. We were waiting to go crab hunting actually that night. That's kind of what we were waiting on. And, and they were sitting outside on the balcony and he was watching Daniel Tiger on my husband's phone. And I was worried about screen time. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, he needs to come in because there's friends in here. Like he can watch that later. And so we brought him inside and he flipped Levi upside down. And he said, how many crabs are we going to catch tonight? And Levi said, so many dad. And that was their final interaction. Of course we didn't know, but we split this brownie with Levi and he was sitting on the couch room full of people. I wasn't drinking. My phone wasn't even in the room. It was charging in the bedroom. It wasn't on my phone. And I turned around and, and I threw something in the garbage. Like it was a nothing. It did nothing. But it was just that split second, you know, and even every single time I tell this story, every time, every time, even right now, I think it's going to end differently. It's going to end differently this time. This time we're going to see him. I'm going to see him get off the couch and I'm going to stop him. And I'm not going to think anything about it. I'm just going to grab him or I'm going, I'm going to walk out 10 seconds earlier and I'm going to see him on the stairs or anything, any, any outcome, but the one that we got which was I walked out onto the balcony to just check the weather to see if it was still raining, if we could go crab hunting. And it's important that this note, I hadn't even finished eating my other half of the brownie. I mean, that's how fast it was. The stigma around drowning is so real, but it was, it was seconds. It was so fast that he somehow got off of the couch in a room full of people, slipped out the door, down a flight of stairs and had made his way to the pool. That's where I found him. And I think there's this idea of like, you're going to hear them. You're going to hear noise. You're going to hear yelling and screaming or that, oh, it's okay. You can just do CPR. But we had six physicians on our trip, including my husband, who's an anesthesiologist. And he had immediate medical attention, immediate. You couldn't get better medical attention than what he got. 
and we still lost him. A week later, my husband found the statistics on the CDC website that drowning is the number one cause of death for toddlers one to four. And it's the number two for all of childhood. So five through 18, it's still the number two cause of death. And when we found those statistics from the CDC on how and when drowning happens, you know, number one cause of death for toddlers one to four, within that, the majority of the time, at least 70% of the time, it is happening during a non-swim time. Mm. And that was really the kicker for us is we thought, how did we not know this information? You know, and so understanding how drowning happens, you really need to know the statistics for your child's age and where you live. I think so much the water safety advice we're given is, oh, watch your kids when they're swimming. It really is summed Mm. up by that, wouldn't you say, right? Which, okay, yes. But if you could just have a little bit of additional information, then you're going to be able to just take the actual steps you need to take to keep your child safe. Um, It's just like with car seats. You know, you have a different car seat recommendation for each different ages and different weights and different developmental stages, right? It's really the same thing with drowning. It's not just, hey, drive safely when you're in the car. Like that's, yes, that's one thing and that's overarching and that's great. But within that, you need to have these specific things. So knowing the statistics for your child's age, babies under age one are most at risk in the bathtub. And you know, how often do you say, let me just go grab this washcloth. Again, I think there's this idea that parents are just letting their kids take a bath alone and forgetting about them. And that, that isn't it at all. Or so often I hear parents who have filled the bathtub in preparation and then the baby's walking, mm. you know, or something and somehow finds their way to the bathtub or a ditch or a bucket or a toilet. That's really the most at risk for under age one. One to four, it's most often when not swimming, it's almost always when not swimming. Yeah just like Levi and he slipped off the couch, the, the closest you would come to sort of like a swim time, because this does happen, the child is at a pool party or you're at the 4th of July picnic and they've been wearing a puddle jumper mm. and they take it off and they go inside to eat macaroni and cheese or you go to start loading the car after the picnic or you go to let the dog out, but the child isn't actually swimming. They've taken their puddle jumper off and you think they're not swimming anymore and they go back to the water. So yes. but that isn't even really swim time either, really, you know, but it's, yeah. it's in those in-between transitions. It's not when they're cannonballing off the side, you know, that's not when it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then for elementary age kids, it's usually natural water. It actually peaks again for teens in natural water. One of my friends, Dana, who lost her son, Connor in a lake, and he was a wonderful swimmer and they always wore life jackets when they would go to the lake. Um, but he was with friends and they didn't require a life jacket and he jumped off a cliff. He was a great swimmer and it, drowning, there's no law of averages. It doesn't care how many times you jump in and come back. It's the one time you don't, right? And mm-hmm. so with teens, it's it's the opposite. Where toddlers at swimming pools, when not swimming, who can't swim. With teenagers, it's almost every time natural water, strong swimmers during a swim time, but mm-hmm. they, they don't wear their life jacket. So they're not wearing a life jacket because they think, oh, I can swim. Hmm. You know, I'm immune to water. There's that whole peer pressure and the life jacket laws, you know, end at age 12, just some made up number. All of a sudden you're immune from drowning at age 12. <laughs> but the reality is that as the life jacket laws fade away, age 12, age 13, age 14, the drownings go up. And, I mean, hmm. it's just, it, there's such a correlation with it. Yeah. I have a 12 year old. I understand there are other factors we're dealing with besides just put on your life jacket, but Maybe today's not a lake day then if you can't wear your life jacket. And like I said, I get it. I'm not trying to be an unreasonable parent here, but it goes back to that number one takeaway, which is changing, you know, how we perceive water and what we think drowning is and isn't and really instilling in our kids a respect for water. We do want our kids to know water is fun, but only once they are skilled, once they can survive in it. Mm. Many thanks to Nicole for sharing her story and her insight. I still get chills when I hear her teach and I'm so grateful for the work she's doing 
to educate parents and medical providers to keep kids safe around water and to teach them a healthy respect for water. The entire episode is so impactful and full of so many important tips that I hope you will prioritize listening to it before you head out on your summer vacations. It's episode 187, which is linked in the show notes. And that's it for our Hidden Gem series for now. I hope we'll be back to it probably in August. And in the meantime, you can of course tune in for our regular Monday episodes. So subscribe to the podcast by hitting the little plus button in the top right corner of your podcast listening app, and you'll never miss an episode because you'll be notified each time a new episode drops. Be well, my friend. I'm rooting for you. <laughs>